My Govanen Melonin. Hello, friends, and welcome to Speak, Friend, and Enter, a podcast where my sister and I use Tolkien's books to explain some things the Lord of the Rings movies didn't quite make clear. I'm Audrey, your movie master. And I'm Leah, your book bro. And today we're going to start our discussion talking about strange folk abroad. So when we left off, the hobbits had either in book canon encountered Tom Bombadil, Old Man Willow, the Barrow Whites, had a bunch of misadventures, or in the movies... They had just jumped onto Buckleberry Ferry pretty much and then smash cut to them basically being at like Bree's just doorstep. Running into Bree, running <laughs> 40 miles to Bree. <laughs> was, is it really that far? Uh, it's 40 miles from Hobbiton to Bree, but they were out of Hobbiton. <laughs> okay. It makes it appear like, oh, you just like get across the river and there's Bree. And there's Bree. <laughs> no, I, I mean, again, it's kind of like how the movie's tend to condense the timeline it feels like Mm -hmm. the map is condensed a lot also yeah because i mean it also wouldn't be fun to watch them run 40 miles (laughs) i don't know in real time that's what i'm here for (laughs) all right so we find ourselves at the wall of brie i don't know if that's actually what it's called but that's what i am calling it is there like any name for this structure in particular? Or it's Not just... that I'm aware of. It's just the wall. Okay, so are a lot of towns walled off in such a way? Like, is this is this something that people are just doing lately because of strange folk abroad? Or is this, like, a characteristic of Brie, or...? We don't have a lot of information about if other towns and villages also do this, um, just because we don't visit a lot of more humble places. Like most of the places we go are like Rohan or Gondor, oh, and yeah. we don't see a lot of the smaller. <laughs> they don't need a wall because they have an army. Yeah, <laughs> Brie doesn't have an army. Uh, that we know of. <laughs> that just we know of. all ponies. <laughs> uh, the the guard at the wall of Brie says it's it's my job to ask questions after nightfall that was a pretty good accent that was great and uh so what that makes it sound like is that the big gate is open during daylight hours okay so the cool. i think we should talk about the like topography of the village of brie yeah the east side of brie is hills Okay. and the men's homes are built into the hills almost like hobbit holes but not quite it's oh. like if you know, when you see a house that's halfway into a hill. Yeah. Uh, on the western side is a really deep dike yes. with a thick hedge set inside it and one huge gate. So most of the wall around Bree is just like landscaping. Okay. It's mostly a natural wall. Gotcha. Yeah. And then they just kind of like form a wall around the other part because they're like, oh, like this is the vulnerable side. Exactly. Although like you could just kind of like roll down a hill and get into the <laughs> Just a witch king is like, ah, and just like takes his toboggan out and just sleds down into Everyone knows the witch king's one weakness is wintertime fun. (laughs) So, all right, I've I've got another question here somewhere. I I have a lot of arrows pointing other directions. Oh, good. (laughs) Really in order. I bet that makes it really easy to follow. It does, yeah. Um, I, I was also wondering just more information about Brie in general because it's just something we visit so shortly the only place that we go to is the prancing pony so right so you know imports exports (laughs) (laughs) just the general information about the town yeah what's their (laughs) chief export what would the chief export of Brie be you know I think it would probably be beer 
Yeah, I was thinking Brie. It's an anagram of, is Brie an item? Cheese. Oh, rats. I was so stuck in the spelling, I couldn't even. You animal. (laughs) I could go all night. (laughs) I hope you don't. Uh, (laughs) Brie is the chief village of a region called Brie Land with a a hyphen, Brie hyphen land. Okay. Uh, It's a woody area near the crossing of the East Road and the Greenway. And the East Road is the major east-west route through through the western area of Middle Earth, which is called Eriador. Is that where we are now? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Eriador is like everywhere from the Misty Mountains to the coast. Got it. So it's where like Hobbiton and Rohan and Isengard and all that stuff is in Eriador. Eriador. We mostly don't mess with stuff east of Eriador. Because that's like Mordor, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Bree is set at the crossing of the major east-west road, which is called the East Road, (laughs) and the Greenway, which is the major north-south road. It used to connect Gondor to the northern kingdom of Arnor. Okay. So they're just, Bree is at like a prime trading spot because it's right at the crossing of those oh, two major roads. So it's like a hub. Yeah, hub exactly. City. Yes. Okay. So a lot of probably just like travelers go through there. Um, that's why the hotel business is really hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barlaman Butterbur, he's the premier hotelier in Ariador. <laughs> um, Bree was, I'll give you like a, a brief history. A brief. A brief. History. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brie was settled in the Second Age, which is pre-Isildur times, okay. by Dunland men. And Dunland is just west of the Misty Mountains on the south end. Uh, now you're Rohan, and I don't even want to say it. Go I ahead. I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's always a mumble. Crabble from Dunland. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's just crows from Dunland. That's pretty much it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so Dunland men found Brie. In the Second Age. And then in the Third Age, about 1700 years before Frodo times, hobbits get in the mix. Where'd they come from? Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then 300 years after that, some hobbits go even farther west to found the Shire. Oh, so they started more in Bree. Yes, definitely. So there's still like hobbits chilling about. In, in Bree? Bree? Yes, absolutely. You would call them Bree Hobbits rather than Shire Hobbits. Okay. And um, my, my one last note about Bree is that it means hill in an early Brythonic language. Got it. That's where it comes from. So yeah, there are definitely Hobbits in Bree. Yeah. So we get to Bree and everybody there is huge. So yes. that's why it was like... I didn't know that there would be other hobbits because they don't show other hobbits. It's all like... And I'm sure that's just to give it scale about like how they're out in the big wide world now mm-hmm. so it's just to kind of like emphasize that like they are very small yes um but there are definitely like weird looks that they get from everybody so that's kind of like an inaccurate i guess portrayal f- on the part of the movie mm-hmm. then like that they wouldn't really be like so surprised to see such small people if like hobbits live in Bree. right my thinking of i mean all the men in that tavern look so shady and terrifying mm-hmm. and they're all giving him just huge stink eye yeah uh and i think that rather than being um like an inaccurate portrayal of what these men think of the hobbits i think it's that the hobbits think the men look very menacing because they're running for their lives and they don't know who to trust that's okay. just me though I can't I obviously can't talk on the behalf of the filmmakers but I think it's got two parts to it the way that the men all just look 
not friendly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's both because the hobbits don't know who to trust, so everyone looks scarier than they are, and mm-hmm. because these men are like mundane isn't the right word but they're not Numenorean men so they're like a lesser tier of the men that we will meet later yeah and I think it's just to say here's what the everyday rabble is like yeah yeah and there's ferrets in this bar obviously yeah I mean yeah. every time you go to a bar I had to bring my support animal ferret everywhere I go <laughs> that's what that is this uh this whole scene like where where they go up to um like the innkeeper what's his name again Barlaman Butterbur Barlaman Barlaman is B A R L I M A N mm-hmm. like he makes uh alcohol from barley Bar- he's barley man barley man uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then butter like butter B U R Barlaman Butterbur so it's a very um I just noticed it's a very D and D scene absolutely where it's just like oh we we were supposed to meet a wizard here and he's like. Hmm, let me think about that. Hmm. <laughs> Last I heard of him was... Yeah. Yep. Like, go to the innkeeper, ask questions. <laughs> and like... then the innkeeper will give you your next plot coupon uh-huh. that you have to get. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned that everyone in the bar is very, like, suspicious of the hobbits, mm-hmm. whereas Butterbur is... Just like, hey! Hobbits! <laughs> Four hobbits! <laughs> like, he's super cool about it right uh-huh. away. He seems very familiar with the hobbits. Yeah. Um... So Bree is a town of what they call both little folk and big folk, mm-hmm. uh, and they all get along fine. In fact, there are hobbits in the inn that night whose last name is Underhill, oh. and they treat Frodo like a long-lost cousin. Like, they're really pally with him right away. That's cute. It is really cute. <laughs> and I mean, like, Frodo is from under the hill. That damn straight he is. <laughs> so, See, he ain't lying. Technically, is true, which is the best kind of true. <laughs> yes. So, Strider's chilling out in the corner, being real weird and sketch, mm-hmm. smoking a pipe, and, you know. Looking fine. Looking fine. Um, he seems immediately curious about the four hobbits, which is strange considering how many hobbits there already are. Did he, like, was he given a tip about this, like, to watch out for, like, these four hobbits maybe carrying the ring? Like, who told him about this? Why is he so suspicious of them i guess yeah well first before i even before i am kind enough to answer your question (laughs) i just want to read the book passage where strider's introduced because it's like the filmmakers perfectly translated it from book to screen okay so check this out all right Suddenly, Frodo noticed that a strange-looking, weather-beaten man, sitting in the shadows near the wall, was also listening intently to the hobbit talk. He had a tall tankard in front of him and was smoking a long-stemmed pipe, curiously carved. His legs were stretched out before him, showing high boots of supple leather that fitted him well, but had seen much wear and were now caked with mud. A travel-stained cloak of heavy dark green cloth was drawn close about him, and in spite of the heat of the room, he wore a hood that overshadowed his face, but the gleam of his eyes could be seen as he watched the hobbits. Mm. Good job, movie. Right? It's so, it's so good. It's so evocative of, like, this is a dude who looks dirty AF. Yeah. (laughs) Just lit up by his pipe. Exactly. So, first... The hobbits do ask him, like, what do you want from us? Like, why are you being such a creep? And here's what he tells them. Uh, He was lurking around on the road. He used the word lurk? I don't think so. Okay. I was just lurking about. (laughs) You know how you lurk? We're all lurkers. (laughs) 
He says he was lurking around on the road west of Bree, as you do, and he happened to hear the hobbits after they had said goodbye to Tom Bombadil. And uh, Frodo said, Please remember that the name Baggins must not be mentioned. I am Mr. Underhill, if any name must be given. Strider was curious and stalked them into Bree. He says, Maybe Mr. Baggins has an honest reason for leaving his name behind, but if so, I should advise him and his friends to be more careful. Ah. So that's what he tells the hobbit sure more to the point <laughs> gandalf had told him specifically to be on the lookout for a hobbit named frodo baggins yep and he had also told strider everything about the ring and the hobbit's destination so why did he lie why didn't he just say i know gandalf and gandalf told me <laughs> well um oh boy <laughs> there's a whole scene in the book in between they meet strider in the bar and Nazgul stab everyone's beds. Yes. Right? <laughs> Where basically Strider is trying to convince Frodo to trust him enough to uh, let him accompany them on their quest. Oh. Um, and this is something that I had compiled <laughs> on my Twitter. That's at AskIstwen, I-S-T-W-E-N, of canon quotes that suggest that either Strider is ugly or he thinks he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> So give me one second to track those down. In the book, Gandalf had written a letter to Frodo and given it to Barlaman Butterbur and said, please find someone who will take this to the Shire. And this was at Midsummer's Day after he had spoken to Radagast and left to go see Saruman. Okay. So Gandalf is like, okay, well, I'm, I gotta go see Saruman about this, so I'm gonna be late getting back to the Shire. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell Frodo, like, there's creepy stuff about leave immediately. Go, mm-hmm. go to the Prancing Pony or whatever and meet this man named Strider. Strider. I won't be there. Exactly. But like originally the plan was I will be at the Prancing Pony but now he's like months from now. Yeah, months from then but now he's like meet sooner with this dude. Exactly. Yeah. And Barlam and Butterbur like keeps trying to find someone who will take the letter and no one is available to go to the Shire and then he eventually forgets about it. Uh, (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oops. So this is like if Frodo had gotten the letter he would have left immediately in July rather than waiting for after his birthday in September Mm. um, because Gandalf knew that Black Riders were in the mix so he wanted Frodo to get out on the road ahead of him oops missed the mark on that yikes (laughs) (laughs) and uh Barlow and Butterbur like brings the letter into them while they're meeting with Strider and after Strider has said all this stuff like here's why I want to help you I'm good at this I'm good in the wild there are dangerous things out there and then he reads Proto reads the letter from Gandalf and I will read just the relevant part of that so Gandalf's letter says You may meet a friend of mine on the road, a man, lean, dark, tall, by some called Strider. He knows our business and will help you. Make for Rivendell. Uh, And then a lot of other stuff. And PPS, make sure that it is the real Strider. There are many strange men on the roads. His true name is Aragorn. And then he writes a poem. Uh, Rather, he writes down a poem that is already known to certain people about Aragorn, and it's one that you'll recognize. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Oh. And that's just like a prophecy fun thing about Strider. (laughs) There's like so many people who use the like, the not all who wander are lost and have like, no interest in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I think that's cool that that's part of, like, specifically about Aragorn. I didn't know that. I totally agree. And it's just saying, you know, 
this this man who is destined to become king, he's going to be a bit of a ragamuffin for a while, but mm-hmm. he will revive this kind of lost bloodline yeah. and become king of a nation that sorely needs it. Yeah. <laughs> Frodo reads this letter, and he turns to Strider, and he's like, why didn't you just tell us that you were Gandalf's friend? And Strider gives him two reasons. Would any of you have believed me? Hmm. And these, this other thing that is part of <laughs> the canon support for that Aragorn thinks he's ugly. But I must admit, he added with a queer laugh, that I hoped you would take to me for my own sake. A hunted man sometimes wearies of distrust and longs for friendship, but there I believe my looks are against me. Aww. I know. <laughs> and then immediately Pippin says they are. <laughs> no! <laughs> Oh, man. They are at first sight, at any rate, Pippin says. Oh, jeez. <laughs> really just though, roasting like, the hell out of Aragorn. In the movie, Aragorn's so freaking hot. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Strider doesn't tell uh, Frodo right away that like I'm Gandalf's friend and I'm here to help you because yeah. he's wary of Frodo not believing him. Yeah. And he just he wants someone to like him for him. Oh. <laughs> so sad. So um, what? Has Strider been up to before he's stalking four hobbits around the countryside? (laughs) What's what's he been doing? This is a long-ass answer because he's an old man. (laughs) Right, he's like 90, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's 80-ish at this point. So I'm going to give a brief history of Aragorn. So you just interrupt me whenever you want clarification or you want to say something funny. (laughs) Because otherwise I'm just going to keep going. Cool. Uh, So Aragorn's father, Arathorn... Uh, is killed by an orc when Aragorn is two. He's out rangering, and an orc gets him. So his daddy was also a ranger? Yes, everyone in his line is a ranger. Oh. And uh, later, after we talk a little bit more about Strider, we'll talk about the specifics of what a ranger is. Yeah. Uh, so after that, he is raised in Rivendell by Elrond, who names him Estel, E-S-T-E-L, which is Cinderin Elvish for hope. Oh. Yeah. Um, and... Actually, all of the all of the men in Aragorn's line are also fostered by Elrond in Rivendell. So Elrond like adopts this boy who already learns his name is Aragorn, and is like, "Nah, you get a new name." Well, he's trying to keep it secret for him so he doesn't do what Aang did in Avatar oh. and learn that he is a super uh, prophesied, very important guy, and just go bananas. Got it. Okay. I think that's what exactly what Elrond thought is like. I don't want this to break bad like it did on Avatar. <laughs> seen that it did not go over well (laughs) and because if a child you know is dumb and maybe goes around telling everyone who his name is that brings danger onto him because it's known that aragorn is the son of arathorn who is the heir to isildur got it so Mm -hmm. that was for his protection it wasn't just for elrond's convenience No, 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 no. <laughs> Here's what we're going to call you. I can't get my mouth around this. Everybody? I don't know. <laughs> Let me call you something elvish. Let me give you a real name. <laughs> so Elrond raises him. Uh, and when Aragorn is 21, Elrond reveals his true parentage and his real name. He also gives Aragorn his heirlooms, the shards of Narsil, and the ring of Barahir. Man, I wish this stuff was in the movie. I would have loved to see, like, younger Aragorn. Oh, that would have been if so sweet. If he's hot as an 85-year-old, imagine him as 21. Ooh. Like, jeez. I just turn into a cartoon wolf when Aragorn's involved. <laughs> and the ring of Barahir is that, it, it looks kind of like two snakes, and there's a crown and a green gem. Yes. Yeah. 
That's yes, that ring. Totally. Uh, soon after that, Arwen returns home from Lothlorien, where she had been visiting her grandparents, Galadriel and Celeborn. Oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, uh, Galadriel and Celeborn had a daughter named Celebrian, and that's Elrond's wife slash Arwen and her brother's mother. Where's she? Oh, boy. Uh, about 300 years before the events of Lord of the Rings, she... While she was traveling, probably between Lothlorien and Rivendell, she was attacked by orcs, Got and uh, she she wasn't killed, but she was like t- deeply depressed after that. Like she was very uh, badly hurt, and er- Elrond healed her because that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he couldn't heal her mind, so she sailed to Valinor. Aww. I know. Yeah. So Arwen comes back home. She meets this boy, <laughs> and Aragorn immediately... How, wait, how old is Arwen at this point? Thousands of years old. Oh, right, she's an elf. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is she 21? Is she also 21? <laughs> Hang on, give me half a second just to find out exactly how old she is at that point, because if I want this to be as complete That's as possible... That's a little bit stranger danger of her. Just a touch. Well, wait, <laughs> just wait. Please let me tell you about Arwen. Um, I'm just going to stick with thousands of years old, because she's... Between like twenty eight hundred and three thousand years old. Okay, that sounds like thousands. which is old AF. <laughs> yeah, so fucking old. It's considerably older than twenty one. Yes, I would say. <laughs> so, uh, she's several thousand years old, and Aragorn immediately falls in love with her because she's the most beautiful person. Obviously, because she's Liv Tyler. Because <laughs> she's Liv Tyler, and she is known as like the fairest elf who has ever lived, mm-hmm. which is a title that many elves have. <laughs> yeah, like Galadriel, I'm pretty sure. Galadriel does, Luthien does, who we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of elves are the fairest. And it's something that is joked about a lot in Tolkien fandom. Like, this was the fairest elf of all, but not as fair as this fairest one. <laughs> who is not as fair. As... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she, uh, he's just a baby. Okay. And he does, she does not return his feelings. Okay. She's like, you're... You're, a, you're 25. You're a bouncing baby boy. You're all scraggly. I've never seen whatever that thing on your chin is. <laughs> do, do elves not grow facial hair? Only cured in the shipwright. Gotcha. She's the only elf with a beard. <laughs> uh, so then Aragorn goes out into the wild to start rangering. Mm-hmm. And when he's 25, he meets Gandalf and they become pals. Nice. So for the next 25 years or so, this is where I'm condensing a lot, he's all over the place have, going on journeys and having adventures. He serves in the armies of both King Thangol of Rohan, who was Theoden's father, oh. and Echthelion of Gondor, Denethor's father. And he was one of Echthelion's most trusted advisors. Okay. When Aragorn's almost 50, his travels bring him to Lothlorien, and he sees Arwen again. And they spend a season together getting to know each other, other falling in love and at the end of that season he gives her the ring of barahir and she promises to marry him okay then he is he not wearing the the ring of barahir i'm not 100 percent sure what the uh what the geographical journey of the ring is at least in the book arwen has it got it it's just a ring though right there's no magical quality to this that's correct okay we'll we'll talk about the ring um when we talk about baron and luthien later okay but it's just ornamental 
Uh, after that, Aragorn helps Gandalf look for Gollum during the mysterious 17 yeah, years. that's right. <laughs> and that brings us to what we know now. So Aragorn has had a long, very eventful life. So for a while, he was just looking for Gollum, and then that's kind of where we ended up with him. He's uh-huh. like, found Gollum, turned him in, and now I'm waiting to find Frodo. Pretty much, yeah. He would have spent that time rangering, looking for beasts in the wild so that mm-hmm. they couldn't hurt anybody, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that is a good segue into how does one become a ranger? Uh, What are all their duties and who do they report to? In the chapter, (laughs) uh, in the books where they go to the Prancing Pony, they do talk about rangers. So I just want to read that part of the book because it's very uh, kind of interesting and spooky. Cool. But in the wild lands beyond Bree, there were mysterious wanderers. The Bree folk called them rangers, with a capital R, and knew nothing of their origin. They were taller and darker than the men of Bree and were believed to have strange powers of sight and hearing and to understand the languages of beasts and birds. They roamed at will southwards and eastwards, even as far as the Misty Mountains, but they were now few and rarely seen. When they appeared, they brought news from afar and told strange forgotten tales which were eagerly listened to, but the Breve folk did not make friends of them. Why? So, the <laughs> rangers are the last scraggly descendants of the Dunedain from the northern kingdom of Arnor. That kingdom no longer exists in Frodo times. Okay. And the men basically wander and protect any land they're in from orcs and wolves and unscrupulous men. They maintain an air of secrecy uh, in order to protect themselves because they're the heirs to Isildur and Sauron and or his spies would have a keen interest in killing them. All rangers are heirs to Isildur? Exactly. If they're all heirs, like there's just one at a time, and they're like they're men, so it would be oh. like he, me and my pals. So he, th- do they like gather a force? They're not a big force. There's right. there's only, but probably... Ar- Aragorn. I mean, like Aragorn will just be like, "Hey, friends, you want to go traverse the mountainside with me?" <laughs> there's no um, information about how many rangers there are okay. at any given time, but the way that it's written, it just sounds like the Dunedain which there are very few of because they're, like, hunted by Sauron, are from the northern kingdom of Arnor with, like... This is kind of, like, a gross way to put it, but, like, an undiluted bloodline. Yeah. Like, they still have that noble Numenorean blood. Okay, surprise question. What is, like, what is the difference between Dúnedain and Numenor? Oh, there's very little. Numenor is men from the island of Numenor to the west of Middle-earth, which is a kingdom that no longer exists. And the Dúnedain are just... Oh boy. The Dúnedain are the descendants of Elendil and the other righteous Numenorian men who left Numenor rather than be part of their attack on the Valar. So it's like you can be... If, if you, you are, are Dunedain, Dunedain, you are Numenorian. Exactly. But not necessarily the other way around. Exactly. Okay. And there are no Numenorians left who aren't Dunedain. Okay. Because all of the unrighteous ones were killed. They were killed. Yes, exactly. Okay. Got does it. that help? It does help because that's something that I noticed in the movies that they seem to use those two interchangeably when they're referring to Aragorn, which makes sense. But I'm like, 
why don't they just use the same word? Yeah, it's just for confusing. sure. Yeah. Um, at this point in history, they're interchangeable because there aren't any Numenorians that aren't Dunedain, but yeah. they do still mean different things. And I think Dunedain just means men of the West. So mm-hmm. it just refers back to we're from Numenor yeah. originally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Whew. Cool. So they don't really report to anybody. They just kind of have like a set of duties. I mean, they as in rangers. They just exactly. have kind of like a set of duties that are just kind of like inherent with like this is what we as the Dunedain do do the dine <laughs> yeah exactly they're just um they're not like an order of people or like a group you could join with a command structure yeah. they're the heirs to the kingdom of arnor who use their preternatural senses and skill at arms to prevent beasts and monsters from hurting innocent people like the brief folk and the hobbits mm-hmm. of the shire so besides long life they're genetically special because they have like an attunement to like other nature exactly yes so they're, they're like their their nature skill is super high <laughs> as is their survival skill they're very good at just being out in the wild animal handling their animal handling their perception uh and investigation are also really high just naturally (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they it's kind of like a great power comes great responsibility kind of mindset no charisma no charisma (laughs) whatsoever i mean i don't know later on in like two towers very high charisma yeah (laughs) dumped in though he absolutely dumped and oh my goodness him and Legolas are just like they have one brain cell and only one of them can use it at a time yeah. Yeah. exactly so yeah they're just like well I have these very strong senses and I feel a need to use those senses to do good and help people yeah okay so they still like remain noble even in exile exile is a strong word for it because no one exiled them but they're just not on the throne. Exactly. It's not exile. Yeah. They just are like, nah, the throne will be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just, we'll leave it with uh, Denethor. It's He's probably doing great. Being a ranger is like their Romschringa. <laughs> <laughs> right? And for some of them, that Romschringa is just lifelong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's really, your Romschring has been about five decades, honey. Do you maybe want to come home and rule the throne of Gondor? <laughs> no. Uh... No, baby, don't tie me down. <laughs> oh, no. That just bummed me out so much. That's going to be it for this episode of Speak, Friend, and Enter. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Those reviews really help people find the show. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, please email us at speakfriendpod at gmail.com. You can also check out the show's Twitter at speakfriendpod for official pod stuff. My personal Twitter is at askistwin, that's I-S-T-W-E-N, and Audrey can be found on Instagram at Audrey underscore underscore Lynn, L-Y-N. Tune in next time for the answers to questions like, how does Pippin's extended genealogy come up in a random pub conversation, and what is Strider singing about when he's on watch? Until next time, Muhu Turgizu Turgoskin. May your beard continue to grow.